Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. Happy Monday to you. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio or if you uh, listen to a podcast in the morning like uh, my friends Jeff and Tom do quite often, or maybe you're watching on our YouTube channel. Uh, just good morning to you, good afternoon, whenever evening, wherever you're watching this, this so honored that you would listen or watch Hope is Here and want to talk to you as we continue our look at the disciples at Jesus' team, the 12 guys that he did life with for about two years before he died on the cross, came back, uh, resurrected, and then ascended to heaven. And the guys, the, his team, these 12 guys we call the disciples, changed the world. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about them. And a couple weeks ago, we looked at Andrew. Uh, then last week, we looked at James. And today, we're going to look at John, uh, looking at uh James's brother John, they were both affectionately known as the Sons of Thunder. And in case maybe uh, you don't know who uh, the 12 disciples are, maybe you're kind of new in your spiritual journey, or maybe you're like, you know, for a million dollars, I got to ask, who is that team of 12 guys that Jesus did life with? I'll just give you a little refresher course here. It was Simon, who he named Peter, James and John, the Sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed him the Sons of Thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who you probably remember later betrayed Jesus. So those were the guys that Jesus chose to be his teammates just doing life intimately for a couple of years, uh, the last two years of Jesus' life. And, you know, speaking of teams, uh, just recently, the University of Kentucky honored the 1984 Final Four team. And it just kind of brought back a lot of memories for me. That was my freshman year in college, and I was fortunate enough to live in the Wildcat Lodge, so I lived with those guys, and they became friends of mine. They went from being kind of heroes, guys that I looked up to as a high schooler and just uh, like a lot of people in the state of Kentucky that are huge U.K. basketball fans, the next thing you know, I'm living with them. And other than their uh, their genes were legs were a lot longer than mine, they were just normal people like you and I and uh, just really brought back a lot of memories seeing those guys recognized on that 1984 final team, final four team. Uh, may you remember the UK was up at Georgetown, uh, University of Georgetown, 29 to 22 at halftime. But in the second half, they only scored 11 points and went three for 33. Only made three shots out of 33 attempts and only scored 11 points in the second half and wound up losing 53 to 40. And, you know, as I was thinking about that, I said, you know, life is a lot like that basketball game. Sometimes things are going really well, just like it was in the first half. Halftime, like, oh, we're going to the championship game. We're going to have a chance to play for a national championship. But then the second half, just as the old saying goes, the wheels came off the bus. <laughs> oh, in a big, big way. And I just thought, you know, that's a lot like life, right? That sometimes things are going really well. Other times it seems like everything's going wrong. And that's why I love sports so much outside of Jesus. That's my passion. Uh, basketball and football are my favorites and like several other sports. But uh, just was kind of cool. And it made me think because 
you're looking at Jesus' team and who he chose and those 12 guys. And uh, we can learn that God chose just normal people like you and I didn't go and choose people from the religious places, the temples, the synagogues, okay? He didn't go to the university to find the most educated people. He didn't go to the wealthiest business owners and say, hey, would you be on my board or could you give a recommendation of somebody to be on my team? No, he didn't chose the most religious people, the wealthiest people, or the most educated. He chose people just like you, just like me. Four of them were fishermen, uh, had a tax collector, which would be like asking somebody from the IRS now <laughs> to be on our team, and we'd be, yeah, right. And I just think of all the criticism that Jesus would have gotten today if he was picking his team with those 12 guys. Uh, oh, social media, he would be getting crushed and yet, that's why I titled this series the past two Mondays and again this week. What what were you thinking? Because we wouldn't have done it that way. But I want to remind you, in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, it says that my thoughts and my ways are not your thoughts and your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than your thoughts and your ways. And so, friends, you can stand on that today, on that promise, and know that God uh, just doesn't do things the way we do them. And it may look impossible in your life right now, but God is working on a breakthrough. The key is, is to not give up, okay? Do not give up. Well, let's take a look uh, at John. Uh, I love this quote that we've shared the last two Mondays. Uh, it's by Brother Andrew. He was a missionary uh, over in Europe Okay, not not one of the disciples, but just did amazing things for God. I encourage you to look him up. Um, he went by Brother Andrew because his last name is almost impossible to uh, pronounce. But he said uh, a few years ago, the Bible is full of ordinary people who went to impossible places and did wondrous things simply because they decided to obey God. Aren't you thankful that the disciples obeyed that calling where God chose them and they received that when Jesus said, hey, come follow me and left behind everything they knew, all the comforts that they had. It wasn't like they had a great dorm to live in like the UK basketball team where I was fortunate enough to live in college, but they just followed Jesus. And so I want to ask you today, what is it that God's asking you to be obedient in? What is it that he's called you to do? And you just, you've kind of put it off. You procrastinated, and yet you know God's like, hey, come follow me. And I know what that area is, but I want to encourage you to surrender that area and be obedient. And friends, I know that you won't regret it. So one of the things you don't want to look back with your life is regrets, and that could be one of them that you missed an opportunity that God had placed in your heart. But as we look at John, Brother James, the book of John that's written in the Bible, the four Gospels, the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, John was the author of that, but he also has three letters near the end of the Bible in the New Testament that also bear his name. Three letters he wrote, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, as well as he wrote the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. So obviously John had a big impact and in fact, aside from Luke and the Apostle Paul, John wrote more of the New Testament than any other author. And so John obviously had a big impact on what we believe over 2,000 years later. And even though he was the younger brother of James, and he was also a frequent companion to Peter. In fact, in the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts, 
Peter uh, was mentioned many times, and he was always in the foreground, though, and John kind of remained in the background. But John also had his turn at leadership because John actually outlived all the other disciples. In fact, he filled a unique and kind of a patriarchal role in the early church that lasted nearly to the end of the first century. So almost everything that we observed about the personality and character of James last week is also true of his brother John, who was right there with James, eager to call down fire from heaven against the Samaritans when they wouldn't allow Jesus and the disciples to stay there on their way to the Passover meal right before Jesus uh, was arrested and crucified on a cross. John was also right there with James in the thick of those debates about who is the greatest and uh, his zeal and his ambition married that up his older brother James. Therefore, that's why they had the nickname Sons of Thunder. <laughs> but you know what's remarkable, friends? Because of John doing life intimately with Jesus, by the time that was completed, now we talk about John as the apostle of love. I want you to think about that for a minute. I mean, it's remarkable to me how this relationship with Jesus in those two years that John went from a son of thunder to the apostle of love. Friends, that just is something that, you know, we, we think about, can Jesus change somebody? There's no better evidence of that and what he did in John's life. I mean, imagine having the nickname son of thunder, and then you wind up being known instead as the apostle of love. And John wrote more than any New Testament author about the importance of love, emphasizing three things. Number one, Christians' love for Christ, okay? You know, followers of Jesus, their love for Jesus. Secondly, Jesus' love for his church. I mean, he laid his life down for it, right? And the third thing, the love for one another that is the hallmark of all true believers. And man, if you're a friend... Friends, if you're a follower of Jesus, I just want to remind you, encourage you that, you know, they will know that we are Christians by our love. And when we love the unlovely, you're never more like Jesus, friends. As it talks about in the New Testament, uh, I can't remember where right now, but it talks about, you know, it's easy to love those that love you and that are like you and that vote like you and cheer for the same sports teams as you, right? <laughs> but when you can love those that look different, they vote differently, okay, they cheer for uh, Louisville Cardinals, okay, <laughs> apologize to my Louisville fans out there, okay, then that's when people will notice and go, hey, what's different about them? John's love of truth, though, is also evident in all his writings. He uses the Greek word for truth 25 times in the gospel and 20 more times in his letters. He wrote in 3 John verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. No one in Scripture except the Lord Jesus himself had more to say praising the concept of truth. And I'll tell you a verse that's really, really just been uh, ruminating in my heart over the past couple years is John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The last part of the verse, friends, is what really, really just causes me to 
ask God so often, Lord, what part in this situation do I need to extend grace? But what part do I need to proclaim the truth? And I think as followers of Jesus, friends, that we need to really ask God that ourselves about our own lives. You know, what part do we need to extend grace to ourselves? As I've shared numerous times on this program, people are harder on themselves than God is. I've seen that over and over in my 20 years of ministry. At the same time, sometimes we extend, uh, overextend the grace card. We keep making the same mistake and sin over and over again. Uh, basically, uh, we're just saying, you know, God, uh, I really am not trying to honor you. I don't respect you. I, I don't really love you because I keep habitually doing this same sin. And that's sometimes when we have to have some, some truth and love spoken to us. And that last part is so huge. It's okay to speak the truth, but a lot of times we forget to do it in love. At the same time, I will say that I know there's some people that I can't speak the truth to, even if I do it in love, because they're not coachable. And, you know, I just want to, I, I want to encourage you to make sure, you know, hey, am I approachable? Okay, am I approachable? Can people be honest with me, transparent with me? Maybe tell me something I don't want to hear, but because I know they care about me, I, um, I should listen. And that's an area I've had to grow in my life over the last 20 years. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that. And I want to encourage you today, uh, maybe to ask somebody you know that loves you, hey, am I approachable? Am I teachable? Can, I, can you speak truth and love to me? Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we're going to continue looking at the disciple John and just look at his life and what we can learn from going from a son of thunder to the apostle of love. I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today, where you can make a safe and secure online donation, or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today.